Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel. This is a very special episode in Devotional. This is the third and last part of the sermon series on marriage as covenant. So we have had quite a bit of experience for me personally going through this initial sermon of marriage as covenant and uh, I want to be doing the last part. Um, this is the first of seven parts and uh, we talked about the marriage covenant not as a contract and we looked at the three phases of this covenant marriage experience which is leaving, cleaving and becoming. That comes straight out of Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 or leaving, joining and becoming, becoming one flesh. We saw the aspect of leaving, how that is related to leaving our parents and not just leaving physically their home, but leaving some of the things that they've done that may not necessarily be the most helpful things for marriage. Uh, we talked about financial habits, um, emotional habits, you know, how do they relate to anger, frustration, sadness, stress. Uh, we picked those things up and though physically we may not be living with our parents, emotionally, mentally, we are still there. And that is just the reality of life. And we need to be willing, committed to uh, transitioning beyond what we may have brought to our marriage from our parents, especially identifying those things that are not healthy. We looked at the cleaving part. That was a very tender part, very transitioning part of um, what it means to cleave. We saw that Jesus gives us the example through the gospel. Uh, all three of these experiences follow an exact parallel the experience of salvation. God called Abraham to leave his family so that he can make a covenant with him, a covenant of salvation. And there was a cleaving, clinging command to cling to the Lord. But this clinging to God is actually a response to God clinging to us, the way Jesus clung to us. And in John chapter 1, we see that, that the Word became flesh. Jesus became one with human race, never to separate, never to stop being a human again which is part of the gospel being taught through marriage. That's why God wants us to look at marriage as a covenant and not a contract, something that you commit to life. And, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus going through this experience, like I mentioned, is extremely tender because he could have left. He had reasons to leave. Our abandonment, our rejection, our betrayal of him, you know, all made this experience as a human very painful for him but he had made a covenant that he would become our substitution he would become our high priest and and to have this experience he needed to become human to die on the cross and this experience of a leaving to cleave to become to join is exact for us if i want to cleave to my wife if i want to have this joining blending experience of myself and my wife Inevitably, I must have the experience of the cross, the dying to myself, the dying to my selfishness, the dying to my rights. I, I need to put those aside if I want to experience this um, joining or cleaving to one another, which leads us to the last one, the becoming one flesh. And there's much, there's more that I could say, but I want to continue with this segue focusing on Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says that though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took up the humble position of a slave and was born or became 
a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus left his father. He did not cling to that union that he had in John chapter 17. Jesus says, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus did not cling to that experience. He left that. Why? Out of love for us. Out of love to choosing to cling to a human race that would be the most painful experience. I mean, we, we typically think that nothing gets to God. He's God. What, what could ever affect him? But we need to process that. The way God reveals himself in the Bible is he hurts. He's sad. He's joyful. Jesus experienced the whole spectrum of emotions and then some to a very way more intense degree that you and I could ever experience because he understood the ramification of what it means to have eternal life or to be to be eternally lost. His commitment to you and I was unbreakable, unshakable. And that's how God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to fill us with that capacity to love our spouse with that level of commitment, with that level of intensity. Hebrews 2.11 says that for both He, Jesus, as a capital H, for both He who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified, that's you and I, are all of one. For which reason He's not ashamed to call them brethren. Jesus is not ashamed of this union. He's not ashamed of us, though He should be. He's not because out of love of commitment for us. 2 Peter 1, 3-4 tells us that His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, these exceedingly great and precious promises, you and I may be partakers of the divine nature, this union. Jesus joined himself to the human family, to the human race. He became a human so that we humans could, could once again join to God and be partakers of the divine nature, meaning be able to experience that same kind of committed covenant love with one another. Um, when, when you and I join ourselves to God, when we respond to his commitment to us, to his refusal to let us go, um, we, we read this summary beautifully in the last prayer Jesus prayed right before his crucifixion. John 17 verses 20 and 22 says, Jesus, Jesus speaking, I do not pray for these alone, referring to the 12 disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that's you and me, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. This experience of becoming one flesh is a parallel experience of Jesus becoming one with the human race. It takes a cross. And my first experience needs to be of this oneness with the Lord, oneness through Jesus with the Father, that they also may be one in us. And the outcome of that oneness with God the Father through Jesus results in that they may be just as maybe one just as we are one i'm quoting verbatim from jesus's prayer the last part of verse 22 that they may be one just as we are one 
So more than a commandment, this is a promise. And more than a promise, Jesus is praying for this. Jesus is praying for you and your wife to be one. Jesus is praying for you and your spouse, no matter where you may find yourself in your marriage. Maybe you are finding yourself in a place of peace and contentment, but maybe you're finding yourself in a part that is broken and dark and painful. This prayer is not just simply for experience in regards to Christianity in a very generic way. He is speaking about oneness, the same oneness he had with the Father. Jesus prayed that that experience will be in your marriage as well. Don't try to force this union between you and your spouse. That is the wrong place to start. Focus in your union with Jesus, God the Father. Focus in your connection with Him in your mind through His Word and prayer. And bring to Him these passages. Father, where are these great, exceedingly great and precious promises? I want to be a partaker of your divine nature. I, I need to be able to forgive my spouse. They've hurt me deeply. But Father, you tell us that as we have been forgiven in Christ, we are now to forgive one another also. I cannot do that unless you fill me with that love that goes beyond my frail and broken heart. Fill me with that love that passes knowledge. So your marriage, the success of it, doesn't depend so much on your strength, but on your union with God. Through Him, you can be one, just as the Father and Jesus are one.